Welcome to the Connect Your Health to Life coaching podcast. I'm your host, Seth Lusk. I'm a master certified self-image coach and empowered health coach with a decade-long background working in the health and wellness industry. If you're anything like me or the clients that I work with, then you're probably struggling with body image, self-image, or confidence issues. You're probably also trying to figure out why it is that you have these amazing desires for living your healthiest and most fulfilling life, but you can't seem to create consistent actions in your life to reflect those desires. So join me as we dive in deep on what it means to live a fulfilled and authentic life. We're going to look from the perspective of an empowered mindset and uncover reasons why you might be what's holding yourself back from living your most fulfilling life. I'm going to break through some of the biggest illusions and myths that we've all been taught to believe along the way. And I'm so excited to have you with me on this journey. So my only question for you is, are you ready to start living your most authentic and fulfilling life once and for all? Then let's get started, shall we? Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. For those of you listening in for the first time, welcome, welcome. I'm going to say it again this week, you picked a fascinating topic to listen in on and I'm so excited to bring it to you all. All of my topics are really fascinating, but this one is also super fascinating. So today, what are we talking about? We're talking about what's in the journey, not in the goal, or what's in the journey that is not in the goal. That is the title of the podcast episode, and you may be wondering, what is this even about? So, I'm going to explain to you really quick here, and then we're going to jump in. So, what this week's topic is about is the fact that when we live life, we set goals for ourselves. Some of us choose to go after them, some of us choose to ignore them, but we all have little goals going on in the back of our head or big goals going on in the back of our head that we have a desire to go after. And for those of us who choose to go after our goals, I'm speaking to you. And to the ones who are choosing not to go after your goals, I'm also kind of speaking to you. So listen in because there's still something you can get out of this, even if you think you don't want to go after your goals. I just want you to hear me out today. So when we set these goals, what I find is that we live in a world today where we are so goal-oriented, we're so focused on results not on our process, that a lot of people miss out on some of these huge opportunities that we have by being in our process or in our journey heading towards our goals. And so the topic today is talking about those things that if you are goal-focused, you're going to miss out on. You're going to skip right past the some of the most fulfilling parts of your life in a hurry to get to a goal, only to find that what you were looking for isn't in the goal because it was in the journey and you've skipped over it. You ran right past it. So that's what we're talking about today. So yeah, like I said in life, we'll feel ourselves have these ideas of things that we want to do, places we want to go, um, what we want our life to look like for us, what we want our life to feel like for us. And these visions, ideas, and feelings, we call those goals. And like I said, some people will set these goals for themselves as something that they want to achieve and then believe that achieving them will make them feel happy or feel something that they're wanting to feel. Some people fear their goals and believe that ignoring them and just learning to be content with life as it is, is the key to their happiness and that that's the goal in life is to find happiness. 
But what if I told you that both of these perspectives are misguided, and actually there's a third group that we're going to talk about here in a minute, and the reason why these groups are misguided is because both of these perspectives focus on the goal, on achieving the goal itself. And I know you're probably thinking, but wait, the second group of people decided not to go after their goal. Yes, they did decide not to go after their goal, but the reason why was because their focus was on the goal itself. Let me explain. You see, the people that fear setting their goals, they fear setting them as something that they want to actually achieve and that they will go after. What they actually fear is because they're looking at what they know is going to be the process of going after the goal. And that in that process, there will be obstacles. There will be struggles. There will be attempts to create a specific outcome that will instead result in an outcome that was not intended. That's part of the process of going towards a goal. And for some people, fear of this process is enough to say, no, I'm not going after the goal. They fear the uncertainty. They fear the judgment they might face. They fear the not knowing. They fear the constant feeling of, I'm not good enough yet because I haven't achieved the goal during that time. And so what I, what I want you to see here is that the focus is entirely on the fact that the person is not allowed to feel good about themselves until they reach the goal. And they don't want to be in the process of telling themselves you have to be better, you have to be better, and trying things and not getting the result they want, trying on certain actions, fearing how people are going to judge them. They don't want to be in that process because they want to already be at the certainty of that they're good enough. And they think that by choosing to go after a goal, that means I'm choosing to say I'm not good enough now, and that I'm not allowed to think I'm good enough until I go after the goal. So they choose to just try and be where they are right now, and to be afraid of going after goals, Because they don't want to be in the process of going after the goal where they fear judging themselves. They want to just be able to skip right ahead to the goal. And they see that that's not a possibility. Because it's not. This is an illusion here. The feeling of not being good enough or being judged or the fear of the struggle comes from the internal belief that some external force is what causes them to feel these things. And that therefore some external force being achieving the goal will cause them to not feel these things. And it is the focus on needing to have achieved the goal, so needing to have already done it, that creates the illusion that they're better off just not setting the goal or wanting anything from life so that they don't have to face the feelings that they're afraid something outside of them is going to give them of judgment of themselves by being in their process. When the reality is that they're choosing those feelings ahead of time anyways. And that even in the process, if they were feeling those things, they would be the ones choosing it and they would have the option to stop choosing it. So instead they choose to believe that they're not good enough to just be in their journey towards their goal. And that them being in their process is not good enough. And they're not willing to choose to believe ahead of time that they're unconditionally lovable. And that going after this goal doesn't prove their lovability It is because they're already 1,000% lovable that they're willing to step out and do the unknown things, see what, what it is that they want in life, and see that it's beautiful, and then go after it because they will experience so much beauty, so much contrast, so much growth, and life in the journey, and the struggle of manifesting that goal. 
and that the process, whether or not they actually ever reach that that visualization of the goal, does not prove their lovability. That's already 1,000% decided. That's already done by design. They don't get to change that. So the other side of the coin is the people who set goals because they believe that achieving the goals will make them happier or will make them feel whatever it is that they think they currently can't feel about themselves, that achieving the goal will allow them to feel about themselves. And with this group of people, they will believe that they are better off going after the goal because they are so unhappy with themselves where they are, and they see no way of learning to love themselves where they are, so they have no other choice than to achieve these goals so they can finally feel good about themselves. And the illusion here is very, very similar to the one that is the illusion that that the group of people that choose not to go after their goals fall for. You see, both groups believe that what they want to feel about themselves can only happen once they have already completed the goal. So they go after the goals and feel miserable, feel pressured, feel stressed, feel like they're not good enough yet, and they suffer through life trying to get to the goal that will actually allow them to look at themselves and their life in the way that they want to look at themselves in their life and to be able to finally feel that love and acceptance for themselves in their life. They think that once they get the goal that that's when they'll be allowed to feel that or that's when the feeling will just magically appear for them. And then there is a third group of people, and they're very similar to the first, that see both of these groups and say that the point of life is just to learn to love yourself where you are and therefore not try to do anything that you want in life. But here's another illusion. Because the perception is that wanting something and going on a journey after it has to mean that life is not good enough as it is. And that again, the whole point is the goal. That the whole reason why we go after the goal is because of achieving the goal and that therefore it will make life better. And the goals mean that life is not good enough as it is. So setting goals means that you're judging yourself. But this is only true if... The point of setting the goal is the goal itself, not the journey. Let me explain. You see, what if I told you that the point of your wants in life, your goals, is not the actual goal? What if I told you that the whole point is the process of trying to manifest it, of going after it, of taking unstoppable action towards it? And this is not to say that we can't visualize goals and shouldn't want to visualize goals, because that's not what I'm saying here either. There's a reason why visualization and seeing our goals and having a a physical goal in mind is important to goal attainment and to going after our goals. And that's because there is a part of our brain that is very good at understanding abstract, that is very good at understanding essence. And there's another part of our brain that's very good at understanding the physical world. And so visualization kind of allows that part of our brain that's very focused on the visual part of the world, the physical part of the world, to kind of be like, okay, I can get on board with this and I can help create action steps that will help me get towards that physical vision. But that physical vision is just one tool that helps us in creating motivation, in creating clarity in our next step, but it is not the end goal. It is not the purpose of it. It is not the entire point of... of, So basically, if you can imagine visualization is a technique that gets your right brain and your left brain to work together and to create motivation and to 
create a, an ability for the right side of the brain to be like, okay, so if this is if this is what it's going to look like at the end, and then work backwards from there, here's where I actually am. So what is the first step? It allows that part of your brain to be like, okay, so this is the next step. And then this is the next step. And where people get confused is when they get attached to that visualization. And then, you know, the person that they are along the way changes because they learn more about themselves and learn more about actually what it is that they're truly after. If they get attached to that visualization, they trap themselves in having to go after something that they don't actually realize that's, that's actually not even really what I wanted. I thought that was what I wanted, but now I know what actually what I was really looking for for was this over here. Okay, so that's what, what I'm saying here is that visualization is just a technique. It's just one tool. It is a powerful tool. So I don't want you to think that I'm saying don't visualize. I actually, I actually ask my clients to visualize, but I also make sure that they understand this visualization is just a tool. It's not to, to set the, in, the entire purpose of your goal and that if that you have to get it down written down to a T and that if at the end you haven't gotten that, that visualization down to a T, you haven't achieved it yet, you have to keep going. That's not the point. So let me explain why this isn't the point. What if I told you, as I said before, the point is being in the process. And the reason why is this. You see, life is happening. Whether you are deciding in it or not, life is still happening. And actually, that's that's also a little bit false because no matter what, you're always deciding. Even if you decide not to decide, you've decided. So you're always making a decision. So whether you're actively choosing to create in deciding in life or whether you're choosing to sit back and let life create and you just watch and then react to it, you're still making a decision. But no matter what life is happening, you are in a process no matter what. If you choose to be part of group one, where you choose to just not go after your goals because you're too afraid, you're still in a process, okay? You're still doing something. You're still making a decision. If you're in group three, you're still in a process. If you're in group two and you're choosing to go after the goal, but the point is the goal, guess what? You're still in a process. You're still in it. Even when you get to the goal, you're still in a process because you're still alive, Okay, so you're in a process no matter what, and you can either be in the process of entropy or things falling apart, coming apart and slowly, you know, dissipating into, um, you know, the molecules that make them up and and separating themselves out from the organized beings and, and things that we see them as. That's entropy. So you can either be part of that process, things coming apart, or in the process of building something, creating something. You cannot choose a third option of not being a part of a process. That's, that's not how life works. So, okay, so I want you to get rid of the idea that you can choose to somehow like sit on the sidelines of life and not participate in life, not participate in the process of life. You are in a process no matter what. So let go of that idea, okay? That being said, what does this have to do with goal setting in our journey? Okay, when we set goals, we are choosing to see this life as an opportunity to be a part of the process of building something, of co-creating with the universe, with everything around us. We are choosing to take an active part in using the energy of life in us and around us to build things, put things together, and find out what they can do and what we can do with that. So when we set goals, we set out on a journey. And where we suffer is if we see the point of the journey as being to have achieved the goal. That the point is to have already done the goal. And so you just have to hurry up and get to the goal. But the goal 
is actually there for a much deeper and more beautiful purpose than the fleeting sense of happiness and satisfaction that we'll feel when we achieve the goals. There is a much richer purpose for that goal, and it has to do with the process. And I'm going to explain that later, but before I do, I want to make the case for why it is so essential that we begin to see the power of process. The power of being present in our process exactly where we are and loving and accepting exactly where we are in our process. I want to begin to show you the beauty of the journey as being the ultimate pleasure, purpose, joy in life when it comes to setting goals, not the goal itself. So the best way that I know how to make the case for the journey instead of making it be about the goal is to show you exactly what is in the journey that is not in the goal. In other words, what is it that we experience while we're in the journey, if we're present in the journey, that we do not experience once we've achieved the goal? And there are many things in the journey that are not in the goal. I could talk with you all for days about this, and I talk with my clients a lot about this. I mean, we spend quite a few sessions talking about this. And even after we've talked about it, we moved on to other topics, we still come back to it because there's so much there. So I've decided to talk with you all about five things, five things that are in the journey, but not in the goal that I personally feel like, and a lot of my clients feel like are very important to their life fulfillment and to our life fulfillment in general and to our ability to connect to other humans and have that connection and that fulfilling life together. Okay. So I want to talk about those five things today going to dive right in here. The first one, first one, and actually it's three things that I'm bundling together because they kind of come from the same place in the journey. And so they, they tie in together. It's self-trust, courage, and self-love. And like I said, I'm putting these together because they kind of all come from the same thing in the journey. And I know some of you have already started rolling your eyes. Because you heard that self word in there and everyone's just like, oh God, here goes Seth again. Here goes another coach talking about self-love and selfish is the selfless. And I know you're, you're rolling your eyes and being like, how many times do I have to hear this? But my friends, I'm, I'm going to keep talking about it until you actually hear it, not just hear it. Okay. And I know I just said two things twice. That was intentional or the same thing twice. So yes, I'm using those self words again. I'm using the two self-trust and self-love. Part of those things that you keep shoving on the back burner as being something that you will consider maybe after you have done all of the things for all of the other people and after you have achieved your goals. I know a lot of you think that that's what's going to happen. You're going to eventually satisfy everyone in your life. Everyone's going to be happy with you and you're going to be like, yay, I did it. And then you're going to go after your goals and then you're going to achieve the goals and you're going to be like, yay, I did it. And then you're like, now I get to spend time learning to love myself not going to happen. Okay. What if I told you that these words of self-love, self-trust, and courage are the only way that you will ever accomplish goals in your life and be able to offer anything genuine to other people? What if I told you that? Because it's true. So I want to explain it to you. In order to accomplish goals, first of all, we need to know our genuine goals. Okay, so in order to accomplish a goal, we will be doing uncertain things in order to accomplish those genuine goals. 
And here's the thing. I know some of you think, oh, no, no, when I set a goal, I, I'm already certain of what I'm going to do because I have a plan and blah, 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 blah. And I read a book and I talked to this person and they told me the process. Here's what I'm going to say to that. Crap. Okay. I'm going to call it crap because that's not your genuine goal. That's someone else's goal. If you got the how-to from someone, then it's not your goal. Okay. So when we go after a genuine goal in life, one that is genuinely ours, if it isn't someone else's goal, and you'll know this because if it's someone else's goal, you'll hear a lot of things in your strategy, in your plan of, I should do this. I have to do this. That's a sign that you're following someone else's how-to and someone else's goal. And you're hoping that by doing the same thing that they did, that somehow your FOMO, that you're, you fear you're missing out on something in life that this other person is not missing out on, is going to be quenched when you have achieved the same goal that this person did, and you have the same life as them, and that you'll feel better about yourself. That's the belief here. So I'm talking about when we create our own genuine goals. That's important to recognize, first of all. And when we do that, you will not have a how-to. You won't have a how-to. There will not be one of those laid out for you. And there will also be no should language involved. There is only a true desire, a beautiful vision ahead, and you filling in the blanks of how you want to get there in between. You want to get there in between. Not how you should, because someone else told you this is the way to do it. No, this is your goal. You're creating the action steps. There is no how-to. It's your goal and your goal alone. Now, this is not to say that we can't be inspired by other people's goals and set goals that are kind of, kind of similar to them, but they're going to look different because this is your life. It's not theirs, okay? And you having exactly what they have is not going to make you feel more fulfilled in life. I know you believe it will, but it will not. I promise. It will not. Okay, so in these goals, when they are genuine, there is only a true desire, a beautiful vision, and you filling in the steps of how you want to get there in between. And this means you will be taking actions that will be uncertain. And what I mean by that is before you take the action, you're going to hear a whole bunch of questions coming up. It'll be things like, will this produce the result that I want? What will other people think of me? Will other people not like me for this? What will I do if I don't get the result that I want? That's just a few. I mean, there are literally so many thousands or millions and billions of questions that I couldn't think of that can come up. I hear some really fascinating ones from my clients when they set after, out after their goals. And they're like, ooh, that's, that's a question I've never heard someone ask themselves before. But yes, you will have thousands of questions that will come up. So many questions can pop up. And here's the thing. What's going to move us forward as we have all of those questions trying to get us to doubt ourselves and trying to get us to see fear and that fear is a reason not to step forward? How we motivate ourselves to move forward as that fear comes up is self-love, self-trust, and courage. That's how we do it. It's with those tools. So it's not that once you achieve the goal, you get these things. No. These things are what help you to move towards your goal, your genuine goal, not the one that everyone on Twitter is doing, not the one that everyone on Instagram and TikTok and real videos is doing and the new shuffle dance and I want to learn to do that. No, we're not talking about those kind of goals in life, the ones where you're just trying to fit in. I'm talking about the genuine goal that you've been trying to hide from yourself for so long because you feel like you're stupid if you want it and that you shouldn't go after it because someone told you that. There's a sign. There's a should there. 
I'm talking about those genuine goals. When we go after those, there will be these questions because there will be no how-to set up for us. There is no tutorial video on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube on how to do this because it is your goal, okay? And how you're going to get there is going to be your process, no one else's. Now, can we look at other people's processes for inspiration? Absolutely. But then in the end, you're going to decide on the way that works for you that you want to do. So there is no should or have to language in this process. And the only way that we move forward into those questions and fear that come up when we recognize we're about to do something that has not been done yet, that we have no clue if it's going to work or what the results are going to be the first time we try this, the thing that's going to get us to move forward is that self-love, that self-trust, and that courage, that I've got my back even if this doesn't go the way I want it to. And here, I want to be clear about this. Self-love, before we move forward, I'm not talking about the model of self-love where we love ourselves based on the circumstance. And what I mean by that is I'm talking about unconditional self-love. And this is the kind of love where you recognize that you're always doing your best, that you always are doing the best that you know how to do, and that other people might not see that. And you may be judged for it. You may even be punished for it. But here's the thing. Unconditional self-love means that even at that point, you make the choice to see that you did your best that you knew, and that you are still 1,000% worthy and lovable no matter what anyone thinks about the actions that you took and the results that you got. And I know a lot of you will argue with me here about some, you know, really extreme versions of this when we're talking about rapists, murderers, um, people who act in violence. And this is a topic for another time. And I would love to have that with anyone personally that wants to talk about this. But yes, even with people who have murdered, raped, or taken acts of violence, even these people can choose unconditional self-love. And they even deserve that for themselves. And that is a huge topic to get into. As I said, it's a topic for another time. Today, we're talking about goals. So when I talk about self-love, the kind of self-love I'm not talking about, the one that's modeled on Instagram and YouTube and TikTok and Facebook and the thousands of other social media platforms that have come out that a 37-year-old like me doesn't know about or ones that are coming out every day or haven't come out yet, I don't mean the love that's modeled on there. I don't mean the love that you give yourself when you made the big sale when you made it to the gym as planned for the whole week. Not the kind of love that you give yourself when the number on the scale moves in the direction that you want, when your makeup looks flawless or when your hair looks perfect. I'm not talking about that love. I'm not talking about the love you, you feel for yourself when, when you think your makeup looks flawless and you're dressed in tens from head to toe. No, I'm talking a, a, about unconditional love. And what, what that model is, is conditional love. It's conditional upon those circumstances. I'm talking about self-love that has zero conditions on it. I'm talking about the love you give yourself when you wake up after a night of not sleeping and you have bags under your eyes and you do not go to the gym and your hair does not cooperate and you feel like none of your clothes are fitting you the way you want. Your mind feels tired. I'm talking about the love you give yourself then. The grace you offer yourself then of being a human and knowing that you are doing everything that you can the best that you know how. And you show up on that day. You show up and you are in your day. 
with the bags, with the hair all over the place, with the clothes that don't feel like they're fitting you, and you take your power and your worth, even if you feel like other people around you might not see it, you take it and you know it's there. And you take the step that you're afraid to take because you do not feel prepared or at your best on that day. You show up in your human experience and you do it anyways. And you hold yourself and you love yourself and you have your back and you lift yourself up through that human process. I'm talking about that kind of self-love. I'm talking about the kind of self-love when you wake up on the day of your big presentation and you find the files on your computer are corrupted and you don't fit in the suit that you plan to wear and you feel tired from worrying all night, you feel like your mind is all over the place and you stop, you walk in your bathroom, you look in the mirror at the human that is behind all of this circumstance and you high-five the shit out of that human, forgive my French, for showing up on this day. And for stepping forward and going to do this presentation and knowing that even if not a single person in the room enjoys the presentation, you showed up and did your human best. And you give yourself that acceptance and that love. And sure, after you can think about what you might want to plan or try differently for a future presentation to maybe make sure you sleep better so that you don't worry all night, maybe so that you're sure that the files have a backup, you can, you can do all of that. But it's not done as a way to judge your past self as being wrong. It's a way of saying, okay, I did this. I did my damn best. I love myself for it. What can I do differently next time? And learning. And recognizing that as a human, you have this superpower called learning. And you get to use that process to try new things when we get outcomes that we did not anticipate. Instead of slipping into judgment and self-hate and self-loathing and self-distrust, instead we slip into self-love. So in the journey, we have this kind of self-love, this unconditional self-love. This does not come in the goal. It does not arrive once you hit the goal. If it arrives only after you've hit the goal, then guess what? It's still not self-love. It is conditional tolerance of self. That's what you have there. If it arrives once you hit the goal and only once you hit the goal, what you have is conditional tolerance of yourself. That is not self-love. Okay? All right, so then we have self-love or self-trust and courage. Self-trust and courage are also experienced in the journey. Because as we practice unconditional self-love, we take steps that we are uncertain of the outcome. We choose to have our backs as we take those steps. And we feel fear, and we step forward into it. We take action. And we know that no matter, out, no matter what the outcome is, afterwards, we will choose to accept and love ourselves. So we take, the, we take the action, even though we're uncertain. We choose learning in the process instead of judgment and failure. We choose to see it as success, even if the result was not what we anticipated. Because it was successful in teaching us how and why the action we took did not create the results that we wanted and allows us then the opportunity to see different possibilities for the future that we can try. And that is success. When we do this over and over and we stay present in this process, we generate and cultivate that courage and that self-trust as an action, as a practice that we deepen. As we deepen our well of unconditional self-love, as we find out more and more ways that we can show up and love ourselves as we fall on our face, as we try things and feel like, what in the world is this outcome? That is not at all what I anticipated. All right, what can I learn here? 
But here's the thing. None of these three things are in the goal. You don't feel courageous having achieved the goal. You feel courageous when you see the goal ahead and you're aware of the possible obstacles and outcomes and ways that you might trip up and you'll feel the fear and you pick your foot up and you say, I love me so much that you fear you can't scare me to not love me, no matter what happens here. And you put your foot back down one step forward into that fear and you keep doing that over and over and over. That is when you feel courageous. You feel self-trust as you keep choosing to do that and then get outcomes that you didn't anticipate and then you choose love. You choose the path of love and learning instead of the path of failure and judgment. That's how you generate self-trust. It's not in having achieved the goal. If you wait until you achieved the goal to feel self-trust, then again, you have conditional tolerance of yourself. That is not trust. You only trust yourself if you can reach the goal. That's conditional tolerance. So all three of these things are only experienced in the journey. And here's the thing. Most of the time, we want to feel these things about ourselves, and we think that achieving the goal will help us feel them. But as I've already pointed out, if we wait until the goal to feel them, then we're not feeling them anyways. You're not feeling courage if you've already achieved the goal. Courage can only be felt when you're stepping into fear. That's in the process. You don't feel self-trust and self-love after having achieved the goal. If you only feel it after having achieved the goal, what you feel is conditional self-tolerance. That is not self-love or self-trust. So if you rush through the process to get to the goal to find these things, you're going to get there and realize, where are they? Or where were they? They were the opportunity that was presented to you during your process that you rushed through. And you, got, you tried to get someone else to tell you how to do for you. So you would not have to take the actions and get results that you didn't want. They were in the part where you tried to avoid judgment by only taking actions that you felt that you could 100% control because someone else already did it a thousand times and proved that it would give you the same outcome. You skipped right over that part where you would feel the self-trust, the courage, and the self-love. And you skipped over it by rushing to your goal and trying to only take actions that someone else proved to you were 100% able to create the result you wanted. And you see, here's the beautiful thing about goals anyways. They're about a feeling that we want to feel, not a thing. And we're going to talk about that here in a bit. But for now, I want to move on to the next benefit that's in the journey and not in the goal. So the second thing that we will get, the benefit that we have of being present in our journey that's not in the goal, that is so important to see, is the habits that we will build for ourselves that change the trajectory of our lives. You see, when we set goals for ourselves, there are things, parts of the goal, that will ask us to take different actions than the ones that we're currently taking to achieve the goal. If you're not having to take different actions than you're already taking right now, then you don't have a goal. (laughs) If the goal is able to be achieved by doing what you're already doing, then this is not a goal. It's just stagnation. You're just coasting through life. Goals ask us to try actions that are different from what we are currently doing. And as stated before, usually these are uncertain actions. Actions we're not entirely sure what results we'll get from. And a lot of times, we'll convince ourselves that we're going to get bad results. (laughs) And these are uncertain actions until we have practiced them enough that we know what actions we can take to produce certain results with a varying degree of accepted certainty. So these new actions, they feel very difficult for us to begin. 
And you might be wondering why. It's not because there's something wrong with you. It's because we have habits that are already in place. And these habits are behaviors that we have subconsciously programmed through repetition of those actions and knowing our reasons why we're repeating them and then looking for evidence that doing them is somehow giving us a result that we want. Okay? So that's how we create habits. So a new action asks for us to bring those very quick, reactive, pre-programmed, subconscious actions into light and understand them. That takes energy. But then on top of that, we're taking new actions. But before we take the new actions, we want to bring these old actions to light, understand them, understand why did we create them in the first place, and then understand why is it that we no longer want to continue this habit so that we can begin to see why it is that we want to take new actions. And then we repeat those new actions frequently enough that they become a habit. They become as subconscious as the old ones. But see, doing this asks for awareness from us and a lot of presence and openness and self-love. And I know this is, this is a part that a lot of people resist, but I need you to see this. If we are not aware, if we are not present and open, then we take new actions in resistance to our current habits. And what this does is it generates self-distrust, self-judgment, self-resistance, self-hate. And we think that the old habit is just bad. We now know we don't want to keep doing this anymore, so that old habit is just bad. We need to get rid of it. But here's the thing. If the old habit is bad, then why did you begin taking that action in the first place? and then repeating it often enough that it became a habit. And the reason why you will find, if you're open and loving and present enough with yourself, that the reason why you started this old habit is because at the beginning, you believed that it served a purpose. And it did. It served a purpose in your belief. So letting that habit go is going to ask you to understand that purpose. And then understand how it's an illusion and how you bought into that illusion and why. And then choosing self-love to accept that we believed that. And now we know differently. We were doing our best then, but we know more now. And we want to do differently now. So we can let the old belief go. Not fight the old belief, not resist it, not tell it it's bad and try and run away from it. We just let it be there for as long as it needs to recognize that it's no longer necessary to protect us, to be there, and that it can join us on our new journey and let go of how it believed that it was protecting us before, whenever it's ready. Whenever it's ready to join us in the joy of our new journey. But where I see most people is that they go into resistance. They want to willpower their way past the old habits and sprint to the goal fast enough before the old habit catches up to them. Because subconsciously, here's the thing, we know that the old habit is still there because we never took the time to look at it, to understand it, to let it go. We never took the time to let the old habits speak to us so that we could understand and lovingly release them of the duty of trying to protect us in the way that we no longer need protected now that we realize that. And instead, what I see people doing is shunning those old beliefs, shaming them, rejecting them, and then trying to run away from them as fast as they can as they dart towards the goal. And here's the thing. 
the the old habits, they're going to run after you. Because here's the thing, you created them. And they know they're not wrong. And they want to show you that. So they're not just going to like sit there and l- let you run away. They're going to be like, no, 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 no. Remember, you pick, you chose me because you believe this and I was just here trying to help you. They're going to chase after you. You made them to protect you. And they know they're not wrong. And they want your love and acceptance. And release to be able to let go too. They want that. They don't want to be labeled as some bad thing that just happened to you that you have to put up with and you just need to run away from. No. That was you trying to protect you. So those old beliefs, those old habits don't just disappear. They transform as we release their duty to protect us and allow their energy from them to move into our new process, our new journey. But where I see most people going is the route of resistance. And resisting them is not release. Resisting them is judging them and rejecting them. And this does not work. So in the journey, we learn about how we create our current habits. We learn and see them and the beliefs behind them and why we created them and how. And in doing this, we learn our own way of creating beliefs and habits. And we use that, that process, our genuine process to create new ones. When we become goal-oriented and in a rush to find out how... And to complete the goal as fast as possible, we skip over this part. And maybe you get to the goal. And I see this happen so often, especially with weight loss goals. You reach the goal because that was the point. You thought you would feel happier about yourself, love yourself more once you finally reach this goal. And then you hit the goal and here come the old habits running after you. And there you are standing there at the goal, trying to soak in the temporary pleasure and satisfaction with no reason why you wanted the goal other than that you wanted the release of judgment, but you're still judging yourself because it was only conditional on meeting that weight. So there you are standing and you have no direction, no clue why you are there or what to do next. No clue of how you created the old habits or created any new habits because you didn't create new habits. You just did a bunch of things to hurry up and try and get to the goal that someone else told you to do. And then guess what happens? The old habits will catch up with you. And you go right back to them because they're familiar. You don't understand them and why you created them. You have no idea where you're wanting to go. You just know where you were and that you didn't want to be there. But because you never explored the old habits and why they created the result of where you were and why that, why it is that you created those habits and why it created that result. And therefore, you never explored how to create new ones. And how to know where you're going and why in the new direction. So there's basically just you standing there. That's the only thing you can do is just stand there and watch the approaching old habits in fear. And wondering how long you can fight them off and before before they catch you or convince you to give back into them. How long can you resist them? And for some people, what I see them do is they just set another weight loss goal. They're like, oh, well, uh, I just need to lose more weight um, because, look, the, the habits are still there. They're coming back. I still don't love myself. Uh, maybe I just need to lose more weight. And so they, they set a new goal. They take off running to try and get away. But th- this just keeps happening and happening until one of two things happens. Either the old habits catch up or the person literally loses so much weight that they, they, they disease themselves. They can't lose any more weight because literally they're killing themselves. They're in a rush to hurry up and get to that weight where they finally get to escape their self-judgment. But guess what? I want you to ask yourself, at what weight does that happen? 
There isn't a weight that that happens. There really is not. I need you to understand that. There is no weight that magically will appear on the scale and you'll be like, oh, now all of my self-judgment is gone. Now all of those old habits are just gone because I'm happy where I am and life is good. That does not happen, my friends. That's not how it works. I promise you, I've seen so many people try. I've never seen someone succeed in this, in life, taking that approach. Never. Never seen it happen. I've seen a lot of people that that were very successful in staying in this process for quite a long time. And then one of two things happened. Either they became so diseased mentally or physically, or they gave back into the old habits eventually. But this is not a process that you can stay in. And there is not a particular weight at which all of a sudden you learn to love yourself. There is not a weight in which that happens. There is a journey in which you learn how to accept yourself and love yourself and therefore not need the pleasure of food to bury or numb your self-judgment or need the food to protect yourself from something that you believe you need to protect yourself from with food. You don't learn that at a particular weight. You learn that in the journey and the acceptance and understanding of the old habits. And when we learn to release them and to create new habits that serve us to show up as the person that we know we are, that does not need food for comfort and protection. Food is for nourishment of the body. And then we're able to let the body let us know what weight it wants to be at when it's healthy, when we use food in this way. But this does not happen at the goal. This happens in the process, in the journey. This growth happens there. Fascinating enough, there's actually, there was a study done on this in which people use this metaphor of it's in the, the, it's all about the journey, not the goal. And the study found that people who chose to focus on the process of the journey and actually created habits, they carried on after goal attainment, that new habits actually developed and that the path of their life changed after the goal. But people who only focused on the goal when they reached it did not develop new habits, and therefore they went back to living just as they were before they had set out on their goal. In the study, they called this attainment disengagement, meaning that if the person sees the behaviors that they're exhibiting right now as only being part of goal attainment and only being important for goal attainment, then when the goal is achieved, they will disengage with the behaviors because the only purpose of them was to achieve the goal, and that was achieved. Whereas people who were engaged in the process and the benefits of the behaviors and their overall well-being and how they enjoyed the process of learning these new behaviors and letting go of the old behaviors, these people had a much lower rate of attainment disengagement. In other words, they carried on those behaviors after the goal because they saw a purpose in them that was beyond just getting to the goal. This brings me to the third thing that we experience in the goal, not in the journey. I mean, in the journey, not in the goal. The third thing that we experience in the journey, not in the goal. The third thing is that we gain a laser precise idea of why or the what for that we're going after this goal. The why and the what for is basically the feeling that we're after. The way in which we perceive ourselves ultimately benefiting from taking on the journey we are choosing to set out on. But for so many people, because they're not actually going after their authentic goals, they're going after goals that they believe they should want or that a lot of people are doing that they think makes them, you know, more popular, more desirable, more successful, whatever it is. So many people are shooting themselves to death into goals. They're not clear at all 
on the what for or the why. Why are they on this journey towards their goal? They don't even know. And this also means that there's no direction in which they're wanting to go. There's just a destination that they think they need to arrive at. So once at the destination, then what? The truth is, unless you know what for or why, then there is no then what. It's just a brief celebration, some pleasure, a dopamine hit, then nothing. You just go back to the old habits and doing the familiar things. But here's the thing. When we're in the process, we learn something really powerful along the way. First of all, we start off the goal with it being a genuine one. And that is important. Then we establish a why or a what for that aligns with us, our life purpose, our sensitivities, and our values. Then we set out on the journey. And along the way, we bump up against obstacles. And these obstacles give us the opportunity to look at our reason why or what for and to make it stronger, to get clearer on it. Why am I moving into this and through this obstacle instead of just throwing my hands in the air and going back to where I was before? And here's the thing. If that why or the what for is not genuine or established ahead of time, then these obstacles, as they grow increasingly more and more obstacly, <laughs> yeah, I just made up that word, will cause you to throw your hands in the air and go back. Because in your mind, in you, there exists no reason for you to go forward. If the why is not genuine, then the why will also not be enough to convince you to move into discomfort. Because your why for going back is familiar, and that's stronger. And so as the obstacles get bigger and bigger on the journey, you will end up going back. Because your why for going forward isn't genuine. It's not yours. It's someone else's. It's a should that you took on. So what makes us unstoppable is a genuine goal with genuine whys and what fors that align with our purpose and therefore allow us to see obstacles as opportunities. Opportunities to look at our journey, our goal, our whys and our what fors, and to dig in deep and to fortify them and to clear them up to where we look at the obstacle and say, nice try, but my why is bigger than you. My what for is bigger than you. Then we grab onto courage, we pull from that well of self-love and self-trust, and we step forward with our powerful why and what for. We move into the obstacle, and we come through it with an even bigger and clearer why than we had before the obstacle. But again, this happens in the journey, not the goal. If this has not happened by the time you hit the goal, then you are standing on a mountaintop of hitting a goal, You'll have a brief moment of pleasure, of satisfaction, of dopamine. And then the wind starts blowing, life keeps moving, and you recognize, if I just stand here, I will starve to death. Like, literally, if you were on a physical mountain, and also, metaphorically speaking, your spirit's going to just starve to death if you just stand there. You recognize that movement is necessary. It's what you want. But where do you go? Well, without your powerful why, and what for, then you won't know which direction to go in. But if you have that powerful why and what for, and you've reached the goal, then you're just going to set your compass and the direction of more of that from there and set out on your continued journey, having reached one of the signposts along the way. 
and you'll begin the next stretch of your beautiful and powerful journey. If you were not in the journey, and you did not establish that why and what for, when you move off the mountaintop, you will head in the direction of what you were looking at the whole entire time on the mountaintop, which is where you came from. And soon thereafter, you will find yourself back in a familiar place where you can't figure out why it is that you feel stuck here with these goals in life that keep burning inside of you. That's what will happen. So this powerful why, this powerful what for happens in the journey, not in the goal. I need you to see that and how important it is. All right, the fourth thing that we get in the journey that's not in the goal is joy. I talked about this in last week's podcast, what joy is and what it is not. So I would encourage you, if you didn't listen in last week, go back and listen and then come back here because it's going to clarify what I'm about to talk about. So joy, joy is something that we cultivate inside us. We cultivate it by knowing deeply who we are and what we do. I mean, deeply who we are and not what we do. Okay? So we cultivate joy in that, in knowing and loving who we are, knowing our genuine wants values, sensitivities in life, and why or what for we want to bring those things out into the world around us. Then we bring them out into the world around us. And as we do, we create these deep and genuine connections with the world and with people around us. And in recognizing this and seeing our ability to do this and generate this, this is where we experience joy. But guess what? This cultivation process takes place during the journey. It doesn't magically happen once you get to the goal. Once the goal is achieved, it's not just like magically joy appears. When we achieve the goal, what we experience is maybe some happiness for a minute, some pleasure, some contentment, a dopamine hit, some satisfaction, some enjoyment. But as I said in last week's episode, these are just temporary substitutes for joy. And when they become our goal, they actually distract us from joy. Because joy is in our process. Joy is in us, not in something that we create outside of us. If your joy is dependent on a goal being attained, then it is not joy. It is one of these substitutes that I just mentioned. Either happiness, contentment, pleasure, enjoyment, satisfaction, any of those. And more. (laughs) Joy occurs when we're able to be in our process and recognize ourselves showing up more and more as who we know we are. As we find out more and more authentically the ways that we can do so. As we journey through obstacles and fears. And we cultivate more and more of that joy as we stay in the journey and see the beauty of the journey. And how because of it, we're able to connect deeper and deeper with other people in the world around us. And because of that, we're able to be in more acceptance and peace and love with those connections as we release judgment and we release resistance. Then is when we experience joy, not once we achieve the goal. So the fifth thing, fifth thing, last thing that we experience in the journey that's not in the goal is that we learn true acceptance. I'm not talking about giving up. I'm not talking about apathy. I'm talking about true acceptance I'm not talking about backing down in fear. We learn true acceptance of being in our genuine process where we are right now and how beautiful that place is as we journey through it. This ties into how we experience joy in the journey. When we recognize the joy in the journey, we also recognize true acceptance and what it means. It does not mean that we just do nothing 
or that we give up or that we don't want anything in life. It doesn't mean that we cower in fear of change. And we also, it's not that we believe that change is necessary to love ourselves. True acceptance lets us see where we are exactly and why. It lets us see what we want in life and that we are worthy and able to go after it. True acceptance lets us love ourselves deeply and see ourselves truly and fully and see what we truly want and lets us see exactly what steps lie ahead of us based on where we are and the direction that we want to go and to have our back in love and courage and trust as we take those steps. Even as we see other people taking steps that are different than ours, we can feel peace and knowing that their steps are beautiful. Yes, they are for them. And my steps are beautiful for me. Your steps are beautiful for you. Neither are more beautiful and right. They're all just different journeys for different people with different true purposes. And seeing that and being in peace with that, that is true acceptance. True acceptance does not ask us to stay still and small and not want. True acceptance is fierce. It asks us to want. And that in knowing what we want, to see really truly where we are and accept that and to move and take action and to be present in that action and to love every second of it as being the most beautiful second. To love every opportunity of every obstacle. To love how we learn and grow through taking uncertain actions and getting unpredicted results. And choosing to love ourselves as we get those unpredicted results and see how we're going to learn and and create new ones in the future. This is true acceptance. And this is only found in the journey, not in attaining a goal. So you may be wondering by now, if the whole point is the journey, and we will be in a journey no matter what, then why do we even set goals for ourselves? What is the point of having goals? And I'm really glad you have that question. And if you don't have that question, think about it because I'm going to answer it. (laughs) So there are some things that the goal actually provides for us. As I said, the goal provides us a vision to allow both sides of our brain to connect and create steps that are genuine for us to get us towards it. The goal serves as a vision, as motivation in that way. It also serves as a compass. When we set goals, we often believe that that the objective is to set a destination and to get to that destination. But here's the thing. The goal is not actually about the destination. When we go towards the goal, we learn and we grow along the way. When we set the goal, what we know and the perspective available to us at that time of setting the goal will be very different from what we know and what perspective we will have as we get closer and closer to it. So does this mean that we just have to keep believing that the exact goal that we envisioned at the beginning and set at the beginning, if we don't achieve it, then we failed? That everything we learned along the way and all of the new perspective and we should just put that in the backseat and wait until we've, we've actually reached the goal and that we just need to keep pursuing the old goal with the old perspective? The answer is that you could choose to do that, but no, you don't have to. And in fact, I recommend that you don't because goals are a compass. We set them not for the destination, but for the direction When we set a goal, we set a direction that we want to head in. And in that direction, there are lessons waiting for us that will offer us the opportunity to learn and grow. And at any point in time, as we learn and grow, we may begin to see a new guiding star in the sky at night and realize that is actually my true goal. I can see it clearer now. 
now that I've been on this journey. And it doesn't mean that you were wrong or stupid before for going after a different star. That's not what this means. It means that you have learned and evolved along the way, and that's beautiful. So as we journey towards a goal and we get closer to it, we reset the compass in a different direction to a more true form of going after what we are actually after. So goals provide us with a compass, a direction to head in that will offer us obstacles. It's going to offer us lessons as we head in that direction. And this is going to offer us opportunities to get clearer on who we are, what it is that we want, and why and the what for. And clearer on why we love ourselves unconditionally during that journey. Without this compass, you're just sort of wandering around in the dark, hoping that you bump into some growth opportunity along the way, not sure of of what direction it's going to guide you in. We just wander through life reacting. So goals provide us with a compass. And the next thing they provide us with is signposts. So along with the goals providing us with a direction to head in, achieving the goal does not become our end. But instead, they provide us with something even more valuable. They provide us with signposts. If you've ever been hiking, and I know especially if you've been hiking in the Swiss Alps where I live here in the Alps, there are these signposts that I'm referring to that you will come up to. And you'll look at it and it'll have these arrows pointing in all different directions. And depending on your where you think your destination is, you'll take off on one of these paths in the many different directions that you encounter. And, and then along the way, There can be so many other paths that you're going to encounter. But here's the thing. You see these signposts, and they point you in a direction. You have your compass. You know the direction you're heading in. So you start heading in that direction. And as you see other paths along your way, these distractions in life, and you wonder, wait, what is that path? Should I be taking it? Is that that actually where I want to go? You go back to the compass. You go back to the signpost, and you know the direction that you're heading in. And you trust that this is the path the one that you are on, until another signpost tells you otherwise. This is the path that you continue on. Then you finally reach the goal, the next signpost, which will let you know, okay, I followed the path I was wanting, and it got me to here. You have your compass, which leads you in the direction of your values. You look at the signpost, which tells you which path you'll want to take from there to the next stop on your way in your journey to alignment with your true self, to keep cultivating that self-love, that courage, that self-trust. And you start taking steps again from that signpost with confidence. And these steps you know are going to lead you to the next signpost. So goals provide us with this measure as well. A way to look at the map and say, aha, here's where I am right now. That's where I wanted to head. So this is great. I now know that I can navigate to where I want to go. So with my true values compass, where do I go next? And I alluded to this earlier. Goals provide us with one other really powerful experience. As we go after our goals, we encounter obstacles that give us opportunity to dive even deeper into the unconditionalness of our self-love, to strengthen our practice of courage and deepen our sense of self-trust in ourselves. We get opportunities to practice these and to make active choice to keep choosing them over and over in our life. Each obstacle, if you can imagine, is this brilliantly designed, specifically for you, soul curriculum. It's like your like classes in university that were handpicked by you and a college advisor for your own unique life degree and educational experience. No one else on this planet has the same curriculum as you. 
and every goal that you set puts you on a path in which you will encounter these unique and powerful lessons that are here for you to experience and grow through. And only you are able to decipher those lessons by running into those obstacles. No one else can decipher them for you. And it is, my friends, it is a truly powerful experience to know that and to feel that as you're in your journey. As you come across an obstacle and you remind yourself, okay, self, this is part of my unique curriculum. So this is a lesson designed for me and by me. So what am I here to have the opportunity to see, to experience, to learn, and to grow from? And get into your process. So our goals provide us with that beautiful pull towards them that will literally just run us through these obstacles that we are designed to be here and learn through. If you can imagine, you, it's like before you, before you left the spiritual realm and became a human being, if you can imagine, it was like you sat there with a book and you're like, okay, so this is what I want to learn while I'm on earth. So I'm going to pick that obstacle will help me learn this one, 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 this one. Okay, so these are all the obstacles. So these are all the goals that I will want to have for myself to run me through these obstacles. Okay, check ready to go. And then you like zoom down into a little embryo and you pop out as a crying, screaming baby trying to figure it all out. And here you are on this planet as a human, ready to go through those obstacles. If you can imagine that, that is your journey here as a human. And that is the beauty of being in your journey and setting goals for yourself that will pull you through those obstacles so you can learn yourself and that deep self-love, that deep self-trust that confidence. So my friends, this is what being in the journey is all about. This is why it is so important for us to be in the journey and not goal-focused. But at the same time, why setting goals for ourselves and going after them is such a beautiful and powerful thing and why we are designed for that. So this was a lot to digest today. It was a lot. And there's so much more that we could talk about here. But what I want you to get from today is simply this. Knowing what you genuinely want is so important. So, so, so important to your life fulfillment, to your life purpose, knowing that. And then choosing goals that align with those values, those sensitivities, that beautiful, those beautiful wants and desires in life, the true ones, not the false ones that you're numbing yourself out with because you're afraid to see your true goals and you're judging yourself and you're trying to, you know, get yourself to go back in the cave and be okay with that. I'm not talking about those kind of urge desires. I'm talking about the real, true, beautiful, genuine desire that's burning inside of you that you're so afraid to go after because you're not giving yourself the worthiness of, yes, I, I can go after that. I can do that. I am worth this journey. I am worth being in that journey. I am 1000% lovable and I'm going to be in this journey through every obstacle and I'm going to love myself the entire way along the way. And then recognizing that there, that is where all of the beauty is, not in having achieved the goal, but that setting the goal is important. Setting the goal allows you and your brain to create a plan, to create steps forward that are going to pull you through the obstacles that you are designed to face and learn from in this life. 
every obstacle that you were encounter that you will encounter on that journey, I want you to imagine you were literally designed to come up against that obstacle and to go through it. So stop telling yourself that you can't go through it. You are literally designed to go through it, which is why it is in front of you. So if it is for you to go through and learn, then ask yourself that. What is this here to show me? What am I here to learn from going into this obstacle and moving through it? Okay? So my friends, this is what setting goals is all about. This is what being in the process and in the journey, not focused on the goal, actually means. There are things, literal tangible things that we gain in the process. And I only talked about five of them today. There are so many more. There are literal things that we gain in our process that if we are so goal-focused, we will skip right over, there, right over them and run right through them and not see them, not experience them just to get to the goal. But that doesn't mean that we don't set goals. I want to be clear on that too. So that's what I want you to get out of today. All right? So I hope that I've cleared some of this up for you all. I hope it's, it's exciting and interesting for you. I hope you all have some questions and you're like, huh, this sounds interesting. This sounds like something I want to look into. This sounds like something I want to do. My friends, I hope that I have offered you some information, some insight that has, in, that has lit a fire, that has inspired you. And I am here. I am here to offer anyone that needs guidance, that needs the support, that needs the hand to help you find your genuine goals and process and to go after them unstoppably, I'm here for you. That's what I coach people for, my friends. That is what I am here for. I know my title of self-image coach, life empowerment coach. I've got a lot of certifications and titles, life purpose coach, master certified life purpose coach. I mean, the list goes on and on. I've got a lot of certifications, a lot of things that I can help people on, but what truly, what I truly love doing is helping people be in their process of growth unstoppably. To see them grab onto their power and see, I can do this and I can love myself. I can high five and love the shit out of myself through this entire journey and every obstacle I'm going to face along the way. And to know their what fors and their whys and to look at every obstacle and say, yeah, you're big, but my why is bigger. And step forward to see them practicing courage, to see them practicing and deepening their self-love. That's that's the work that lights me up, my friends. And that's what I'm here to support you through. So if this sounds like the kind of work that you want to do and you want my, my, my support, my guidance, my hand in, then I'm here for you, okay? You, all of my ways to contact me are in the show notes. I've got my Facebook group there that you can join for free, my Instagram, my website, and on my website... You can contact me via email or by WhatsApp. There's a phone number on there. So get in touch. Reach out, my friends. I am here to help take that first courageous step and reach out. All right. I love you all. If you don't want to work with me and you still have questions, hit me up on social media anyways with your questions, my friends. But I'm here. And I wish you all the most beautiful journey in this coming week until we meet here again next week. All right. Ciao. Hey, thank you for listening in this week. I hope you enjoyed the content of this episode. If you did, please subscribe or follow this podcast to receive the newest episodes every week as I bring them to you here on the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. Ratings, reviews, and comments are always appreciated. These allow me to know more of what my listeners would like in the podcast and allow for more people who may be searching for a podcast just like this one to find the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. If you would like more information about me and the work that I do with my clients one-on-one, 
then please visit my website at www.slch.ch. Again, that is www.slch.ch. You can also find me on social media on Instagram at SethLusk underscore coaching. Again, that is SethLusk underscore coaching. And on Facebook in my free Facebook group community called A Healthy Life Connection. We would love to have you in the group, and it's only three membership questions that you have to answer to join. And again, it's entirely free. And if you need any further information or just want to say hello, feel free to send me an email directly at slusk.health at slch.ch. Again, that is slusk.health at slch.ch. Thank you again so much for listening, and I look forward to our next time together. Ciao.